Welcome to the City View Community Church Podcast. Whether you're here for our weekly sermons, leadership chats, or conversations about life, we are stoked that you are here. If you want to know more of our story or want to partner with us, head over to cityviewcc.com. Our prayer today is that you walk away challenged, encouraged, and more passionate about discovering your purpose by knowing God, loving people, and living on mission. Let's jump right in. Well, happy birthday, City View family. It has been a crazy and incredible year. And I have to say that I am so unbelievably honored and proud to have been your pastor through this inaugural year of our church. And I believe the best is still to come. Our story is a really unique one. And and I believe we've been through so much together over the last couple years But I'm believing that we're on the other side of that healthier and stronger and more focused on living on mission. And that's that idea is is what we're going to talk about today in our series. What's in it for me? The big idea is is what's in it for me to live on mission? Like, like what's the point? Like, what, what do I get out of this? What's what's the whole like concept around this living on mission and why should it be important? to me. And, and some of you, maybe you're hearing that and you're like, I, I kind of know what you're talking about, about living on mission, but well, what does that actually mean? Like when you say living on mission, what does that look like? And if you look on your screen, I would define it as this living on mission is when we discover our purpose and we use it to impact the circle of influence God has given us. The circle of influence that God has given us. And that I believe We all have a unique circle of people who come in and out of our lives and through our lives and people that we interact with. And that's part of our circle of influence. That circle of influence is made up of of your family, of your spouse, of your your kids, your extended family, your blended family, the the people that you would say, hey, we're, we're blood. I may not like them, but we're blood. Like your family is part of that circle of influence, your, your friends. Hey, listen, we're, we're getting to the, the age where we have so many different friends from so many different seasons of life. And whether it's, it's friends that are, are from high school or for college or your work or kids, like, well, our kids are friends, so I guess we should be friends too. Or whether it's friends from a new city that you're, you've moved to or an old one that you came from. We have friends all over the place that are part of our circle of influence. It's your coworkers. It's at your, your workplace, your, your bosses. Maybe for you, you are a boss and, and it's your employees that come through your company. It's your community, your kids' school, the, the people that you rub shoulders with at the softball game or the baseball game, and the people that you, you come in contact at community events or concerts or restaurants or going grocery shopping like the people in your community they they're part of your circle of influence if they come into your life if they come in contact with you they're a part of that circle of influence and then finally it's it's made up of of your world whether for you it's it's near or if it's far maybe for you it's you're connected some, to some far distant lands through your generosity, 
or maybe you you are that kind of person like you travel to other places in the world and that's part of your circle of influence too and i believe that that these unique circles in our life sometimes they expand sometimes they change sometimes they shrink but it doesn't matter the size of the circle of influence you have you are called to make a difference you're called to make an impact on that circle but if you would I just wanted you to have this like idea of what living on mission is. But I wanted to just pause for a minute and celebrate some of the ways that I believe that City View Community Church has impacted its circle of influence. Some ways that, that I've seen God use you to live on mission. And I just wanted to pause just for a minute, seriously, like it's super quick to just celebrate some, some ways that God has, has used our church. Over this past year, we've seen 25 people take a step and, and make that decision to follow Jesus as their savior. We had four people take the step to be baptized. We, we had 50 people go through our Connect classes. It's an opportunity for you to discover how God's uniquely wired you. And it's it's been an amazing opportunity to see how it has just elevated people's ability to lead in their circles of influence. We saw 45 people go through our connect groups in this past season. We did a, a study called Rooted and it led to some really incredible conversations and some incredible ways that God was was moving. And man, it, it was amazing. We're so excited to kick off our next season here in, in the next few weeks. But one of the numbers that I, I love so much is that we have had a minimum, and, and there's some that we missed some weeks of documenting it, but we have seen over 125 new visitors, first-time visitors to our church over this past year. And so many of them have walked in the door and said, man, there's something different here. There's something that's happening. And so many of them have come back. It's been incredible. Some of the events that we've done to, to impact our community and impact our church, things like our, our marriage workshop that there's, we still have people come and, and talk to us about the marriage workshop and, and the impact that it had on their homes. The Mother's Day brunch where you ladies took over the building and, and just had this incredible, Lauren, Lauren's telling me about like a flower bar. And I'm like, you totally made that up. But apparently it's a thing. It's a real thing. And it just was a great time to connect for you ladies. And it was just an amazing moment. Christmas under the stars, we saw over a hundred people come to take pictures with Santa and, and eat cookies and hot cocoa. We sang carols together. We lit the big Christmas tree out on the back patio. It was, it was super awesome. In that season, we, we served 1,500 cups of hot chocolate at the Santee tree lighting. And so many people were able to, to find out about our church and, and they're like, wow, this is amazing. This is super cool. Thank you for doing this. And, and we'll be doing it again this fall. And then finally, we, we had 150 families come through the property for the, the, uh, the treasure hunt, the Halloween treasure hunt that we did where we connected with local businesses. And it was, man, it was just so, so awesome. Financially, we were able to provide meals for our first responders, the police and, and the firefighters, the nurses. We raised $6,000 in disaster relief for Louisiana to provide water and food and clothes and repairs to homes and churches. Two wells for clean water in Togo, Africa, 
Christmas for four families, a sensory wall for our little ones with special needs. And then one of the things that happens on a very regular basis is that we, we find out about families who are, they're either sick or someone's in a hospital or someone's died in their family. And we have served over a hundred meals to them in private, whether we bring it to their house or, or some of you cook and, and drop it off. We've dropped off 20, 30, 50 grocery drop-offs to, to families. And that's something that's just like ongoing behind the scenes of, of how you get to care for people, even when you don't even know it. It's not just what happens on a Sunday. And we've, we've been partnering and supporting two missionaries. And that's not even including the work that's, that's beginning in Utila, the island that our family is from, as, as our family is, is trying to wrap up this home that we're building in the honor of my dad to be able to do ministry there and, and do some discipleship courses for the people there. Like there's, there's just so much to be proud of. And some of you may be asking like, well, that, that's great. Pat on the back. Why, like, why, do, why does this matter? Why are you even remembering this? Because it, it could be really easy for us to look around and go, well, I mean, back in the day we did this or the church down the road, well, they did that and we could have and we should have. And But the reality is God didn't call us to steward someone else's circle of influence. He called us to steward ours. And I am proud to say that, that we've done a good job and, and God is, is honored by the way that, that you have stewarded the circle of influence that we have. And over this past year, I have, I have followed God's call to steward the soil rather than focusing on how big we can make the field. The word that God gave me as we took over in this new journey together at City View was I need my church to be healthy. And I believe that as we focused on us having a healthy culture, having a, a healthy DNA, having our hearts and minds aligned under a clear vision, I believed God, God would bless that and, and he has. But we're also stepping into a brand new season a season where I believe God is calling us to use that health that we've been focusing on for the last year. And it's time for growth. The soil is healthy. It's time to grow. And that growth for me doesn't just mean people who show up on a Sunday and, and the room is packed and we, we have multiple services. It's, it, it isn't just about that. For me, the growth is is the number of you who are living on mission, that you're seeing God expand your influence and in, in deepening the way that you connect with him and you connect with your circle of influence. That as you live on mission, incredible, powerful things begin to happen. So I wanted to spend our time today in the message really focusing on why we as followers of Jesus at times don't live on mission. We don't live out the purpose and the calling that God has for us. That we are going through the motions and we show up on a Sunday and we're, we're doing all these things, but, but we miss out on the, the full impact of what God wants to do in and through our lives. 
So as we jump into the message today, I want to give you four main reasons why I believe we don't live on mission. And as we discover these things and recognize some of our own behaviors in those, we'll know how we can pray and for God to change some of those things so that we can actually do it. So the first one is this. One of the first reasons we don't live on mission is that we don't understand our calling. We don't understand our calling. You see, each and every one of us, we have two callings. We have a general calling, and then we have a very specific calling. And that specific calling is, is based on, on our giftings, on our abilities, on our season of life, on the, the unique purpose that God has placed within us. That specific calling is sometimes it's to a place or to a position or to a role or, or a specific workplace or a call to ministry or you're called to lead a connect group or you're called to something very specific. And God equips you and builds you and wires you and gives you the things that you need for that specific calling in your life. But foundationally for every one of us, we have a general calling. Like, none of us are exempt from this. And that general calling is, is based off of, of a couple of different things that Jesus shared with us. It's based off of the great commandment. And you know this, to love God and to, to love people. To love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. And to love people, love our neighbor as we love ourselves. This is that great commandment that Jesus, when he was asked, hey, what, what's the most important thing? What's the most important law of all of them? He said, it's, it's this one. But then there's one that we forget so many times. It's the Great Commission. When Jesus was leaving, when he was ascending into heaven after he was raised from the dead, he gave his disciples and he gave us all this great mission for us to accomplish. And I say it's one of the most forgotten ones, not because people don't know what the Great Commission is, but very few people actually grab a hold of it and live it out. And that's the living on mission that we're talking about. That's the part that we want to change. So what's the Great Commission? Jesus says this way in Matthew 28. And Jesus came close to them and said, all authority of the universe has been given to me. Now, wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I've commanded you, and never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age. Wherever you go, make disciples. No matter what you're doing, lead people into this relationship with Jesus. Connect your, your co-workers. Connect your CO if you're in the military. Connect your family members. Connect your children to a relationship with Jesus. Be a disciple maker. This is us living on it. This is our general calling. This isn't just specifically for for one person in the room. This isn't for one person that's watching, oh, they feel called to ministry. No, 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 no. This is for every single one of us. The Apostle Peter, as he's encouraging the persecuted Christians in Asia Minor, he says this in 1 Peter 4, 
most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you will do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. We are all called to make a difference. You see, my my specific calling in this, this season is to be a pastor. But whether I've been a pastor or a restaurant owner or a banker or a sales rep, I was called to make disciples. I was called to make an impact. I haven't always been a pastor. It doesn't matter whether or not you're called to the ministry or called to serve in the church or called to wherever you go. What does it say? Now, wherever you go, make disciples. For some of you, this is your wake up call that your relationship with Jesus is going to be stuck until you allow him to help you to live on mission. You're settling for the first level of the relationship. That's great that you have a relationship with him, but it unlocks his ability to move in and through your life when you begin to live on mission. Another reason why we don't live on mission is that we're, we're living with a depleted tank. We're living with a depleted tank. Now, how many of you would be honest, right where you are, sitting in your living room, watching on your phone, how many of you be honest and say, I, I have ran out of gas in my car before. Like I, I ran out of gas and it just, I got a story to tell around it, right? How many of you would say, I have ran out of gas more than three times? Like you just, it's, it's not a pattern, but it's, it's kind of happened a few times in a couple of scenarios. Okay, now how many of you would say, I have ran out of gas more than five times? That's a habit. That's a lifestyle. Like we, we need to talk. If, if that's you, hit me up in the comment section and let's talk about how we can figure out why you keep running out of gas as many times. Like that's a lot. I remember for me, the, the one and only time that I ever ran out of gas, I was, I was on the freeway and I was coming back from something and I was completely exhausted. I was so ready to be home. And so I just decided in the moment I was going to believe the rumor that once you hit E, there's still like 30 miles on the other side of that. And, and I had been on E for a minute and we're, we're just going along and had about 15 miles before I was home. And I, 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 there was a gas station right in front of my house and and right at the front of the neighborhood. And I was just like, if I can just get there, I can get gas, I can be home. I just I'm so ready to be there. And so I, I took the risk. I just kept going. I was so ready. And with about five miles to go, the sputtering started. And I was like, oh Lord, here we go. And in that moment, I had, I had a couple choices. Do I slow down and do I, I milk the little bit of gas that I have and I just slow down the pace and 
and just try to, to make it last as much as possible and slow and steady wins the race and don't put strain on the engine. Don't bring the RPMs too high. Like just, just go nice and slow and get there. Or do I floor it, make my car go as fast as possible, burn the gas as quickly as possible and then just use the momentum to coast the rest of the way instead of going slow and steady. Well, I chose, I, I chose the fast way because, you know, that's just, that was just me. And so I, I just floor it. I am going as fast as possible. And, and about two miles into this, I'm going 100 miles an hour and the, the gas tank empties. It's done. The engine stops and I'm just coasting. It's like, all right, baby. Here we go. The adventure is on and I am all gas, no brakes. I'm still hitting the gas pedal as if it's on, like it's not doing anything. And I'm flying. I'm watching my my speed slowly start to creep down, but I'm trying to be aerodynamic and I'm drifting off of these other cars and drafting off of their wind so I can get there. And I'm so close. And as I'm coming off the exit, there's a big right turn there. And, and I finally have to hit a little bit of brakes and I'm power sliding into it. And then I, I was losing tons of momentum. So I decided instead of trying to do the U-turn at the light to get to the gas station, I'm just gonna pop to the wrong side of the road. Young, dumb, stupid, I know, I, I, I get it, you're right. So I pop to the wrong side of the road. I'm going in the wrong way in traffic. I get into the gas station and about 10 feet from the pump, I run out of momentum and I push the car the rest of the way to get to the pump. And there's this old redneck dude there and he goes, that kind of day, huh, son? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're right. It is that kind of day. And so I made it, I made it to the pump with all kinds of craziness and all kinds of foolishness and the Lord protected me, thankfully. But the reality is some of you, that's exactly how you're living your life. Your tank is depleted. You're, you, you are running on fumes. And in your mind, you have 15 miles to go if you could just get there. And some of you are believing that if I can just, if I can just coast, if I can slow down, if I can milk my tank for all that I have left, if I can go slow and steady, if I can just try to pace myself, if I can avoid conflict, if I could just stay out of any chaos, if I can just have some semblance of balance, I'll be able to make it. But the reality is you're out of gas and you're running on a depleted tank. And then there's others of you that you make the decision like I did in that moment. You're like, I'm just gonna run faster and I'm gonna run harder and I'm gonna push through that finish line. And if I can just get enough momentum, then I'll be able to coast and I'll be okay. I'll get that project done. I'll get that assignment done. I'll do all of this as fast as possible and I'll burn the candle on both ends. And if I can just get a little momentum going, then I'll, I'll catch something else and, and, and I'll be able to be okay. But we have to be honest with ourselves and evaluate where we've spent all of the energy in our tanks. You see, so many of us, we believe this like American macho inspirational quote, just leave it all out on the field. 
But the problem is we never stop to ask ourselves, is this the right field to leave it all out on? We never stop to ask ourselves, wait a minute, if I leave it all out on the field of my job, will I have anything left for my wife and my kids? If I leave it all out on the, the field, at this, this section of my life and this portion of my life, will I have anything else for anyone else? You're the hero at work, but you're kind of the villain at home. You're kind and forgiving and funny in this circle of people, but when it comes to your family and your friends, you got nothing left of that in your tank. You see, Jesus never called us to live and lead on empty. He never called us to do that. In fact, he says it this way in Matthew 11. Are you weary and carrying a heavy burden? Come to me. I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I am gentle, humble, and easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me for all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. Now you read that and you might push back and go, wait, wait, wait a minute, Danny. I don't know what relationship with Jesus you have, but mine is not always marked with pleasantries and, and gentle and humble and easy to please. Like it's work, it's effort, it's hard, it's it's tension, it's persecution, it's changing my plans. Like this isn't just easy in this relationship with Jesus. Well, we have to understand that when Jesus is saying, join your life with mine, when in other translation, it says, take on my yoke. Jesus isn't talking about the work. He's not talking about the, the field being easy. He's not talking about the work being easy. He's talking about the fact of who you get to connect your life with. Jesus is saying, I'm not saying the work's going to be easy. I'm saying your relationship and your connection to me will be easy and worth it. That as you're connected to me, the, the author and the finisher of your faith, the perfecter of your faith, the, the one who knows what you need and can fulfill it, as you're connected with me, your life will, will be met with so much more than just the work that's ahead of you. So what do you do when you're depleted? What do you do when, when you feel Jesus calling out to you and saying, hey, are you, are you weary? Are you carrying a, a heavy burden? What do you do? There's a couple of different buckets that we have. And the first one is that you, you fill your mental and your physical tank through rhythm. Your, your physical and your mental tank. It comes through rhythm. You see, your body, your body will, will tell you when you're not good. You'll start to have all of these issues. You start to have this, this tension. I, I, over the, the last couple of years, I've been navigating like, like stomach issues and assuming it was something to do with my diet, even though I've been eating gluten-free for eight years and I don't get to eat anything that doesn't taste like cardboard. That like, I shouldn't be dealing with these things and not realizing 
that some of those stomach things weren't about food, but it was actually about anxiety and things that I'm having to navigate. When I, when I start to think about long-term problems to solve, my stomach is affected. Your body will communicate to you. And so you combat that with healthy rhythms. You combat that with, with taking control of your day-to-day life, to, to be able to, to intentionally build rhythms into your morning routine to wake up in the morning, maybe a little bit earlier than you normally would and don't look at your phone. So let the alarm go off, turn it off and leave the phone there. Go fix a cup of coffee, enjoy a quiet moment, read a book, pray, write down three things that, hey, like if I could get these three things done today, I will feel like it's a successful day. That phone call you've been avoiding just do it. That, that, that one thing that if you could just tackle it today, you would feel so much better. Write those things down. Pray. Have a moment with God. Read a devotional. Do a Bible plan. Have those moments where you start your day intentionally. But let me give you a little bonus on this. The reality is that your, your morning rhythm is sabotaged by your evening routine. Your morning rhythm is sabotaged by your evening routine. Here's the deal. We can't control the middle of our day. Life just happens. You can try all you want. To, oh, I'm going to do this today. You know, the school is going to call and your kids got a stomach ache. You, you got a, a flat tire. There's traffic that wasn't supposed to be. There's construction on there. You can't control the middle of your day. But you can control the end. And more specifically, you can control when you end it. You, you have control of that. If you want to have a better morning routine, it means shutting down things a little bit earlier so you can have the sleep that you need. I, I know this is so basic, but you need healthy rhythms. But what about the other tanks? What about your spiritual tank? What, what about your emotional tank? I believe that you fill your spiritual and your emotional tank through repentance. You're like, what are we talking about? Repentance? Feels like a super like old school traditional term in church. But repentance is, is when we review our actions, we review our mistakes, we we feel this remorse, but then we actually do something about changing it. We turn away from those habits, we turn away from those things, and we allow God to impact our lives. Danny, what does that have anything to do with a depleted tank? I believe our spiritual and our emotional tanks get emptied when we're allowing something else to take the place of God in our lives. When we allow fear and anger and anxiety and comparison and jealousy and judgment and greed to have a stronger influence in our life than God, it's like opening the spigot of those spiritual and those emotional tanks in our lives, and we're just leaking out what God is trying to pour in. And the only way that we move from that is to close the spigot through repentance, to say, God, I'm sorry that I've allowed fear and anxiety and anger and jealousy in comparison, I'm so sorry that I've allowed that to have more influence in my heart and my life than you. 
When we take control back from God instead of giving him, like we talked about last week, give him a shot to direct your life and he'll pull it off perfectly. When we take back control, we deplete ourselves in these buckets. When you feel depleted spiritually and emotionally, your first question needs to be, have I given control to someone else besides God in my life? And if you have, the answer is repentance. The third reason quickly that we don't live on mission is that we live a closed off life. A part of this is the pandemic. Part of this is some of the habits that we've established. But it's important for us to recognize that we've lived a closed off life. Proverbs 18.1 says, One who has isolated himself seeks his own desires. He rejects all sound judgment. He says it another way in, in his other book, Ecclesiastes 4. Two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Some of you are in real trouble because you've closed off your life. You've closed off your heart. You've closed off access for people to be able to speak into your life. Social researchers believe that we are the loneliest generation in the history of the world. Now that might be hyperbole, that may be exaggerated compared to the cavemen some way back in the day, but legitimately, whether you wanna say we're top five or whether you wanna say we're number one, we are one of the loneliest generations in the history of this planet. And we have more ways to connect. We have more opportunities to be connected with people. But the reality is that we have followers, but really we're just longing for friends. We have likes, but really we just want somebody to be able to grab coffee with. We, we have allowed loneliness to become one of the greatest influencers in our society today. I finished a book recently that that I, I want to share with you some more in, in another series coming up. But it's a book called Own Your Story by John Delaney. And, and as I read this book, he was talking about some of the research that that these researchers have done on loneliness. And it says it this way in the book, when your body recognizes it's lonely, the biological response is like being physically assaulted. When people are lonely, they have an overactive fight or flight responses that cause chronic stress challenges. However, having close community connections helps stave off trauma responses after devastating events. The reality in our lives is that we have settled for seclusion, expecting to find healing, but instead we just found loneliness. And researchers are telling you, your body physically responds to loneliness. When we live our lives closed off, we're so far outside of Jesus's plan for our life. You were never meant to do life alone. Jesus took moments to be in seclusion, to connect with the heavenly father, but it was never a lifestyle that he was constantly in seclusion, that there was no one who had access to him. 
Jesus of all people could have done that, but instead he hung out with 12 knuckleheads every single day of his life. And even within the 12, he had his three that were his tight boys, his inner circle. And we underestimate the power of loneliness and what it's having on our lives, on our homes, and on our walk with Jesus. It's time to call it for what it is. We're going to unpack this conversation and another series coming up, but I just need you to understand that one of the reasons you're not living on mission is because you've closed off your life. You've chose loneliness over living on mission. And the final thing, the final reason we don't live on mission is that we miss the open doors to have spiritual conversations. In effort to to not be that weird Christian we walk past open doors for us to have spiritual conversations. Colossians 4 says, walk in the wisdom of God as you live before the unbelievers and make it your duty to make him known. Let every word you speak be drenched with grace and tempered with truth and clarity, for then you will be prepared to give a respectful answer to anyone who asks about your faith. So what is, what's an open door? An open door with your coworkers, with your family members, with your friends, with that, that parent at the, the baseball field. An open door sounds like this. Man, things are, things are good, but man, it's been, a, it's been a tough season. No, no, things, things have been okay, but uh, man, me and the wife, we just, we just been fighting like crazy. Man, we just, we're, we're doing okay, but man, this inflation... These bills is, is really getting to us. It's taking its toll. All of this stuff, it's an open door. It's an opportunity for you to step in and have a spiritual conversation. When, when they invite you in by communicating an emotion, a struggle, an issue, even a, a moment of good, man, I'm really excited. I got this job interview coming up. I've got this, I'm up for a promotion at my job. You have an opportunity to speak into those moments and say something as simple as, oh man, I, I can totally relate. I'll make sure to, to write it down that I'm going to be praying for you for that. That's it. That's, that's an on-ramp to a spiritual conversation. Like no one's going to go, don't you dare pray for me. Like who's going to do that? Because they want their situation to work out as well. Whether they believe in God or not, they're like, shoot, we anything. If there's something in the universe, by all means, like, like, yes, please, let's make this happen. Let's make this work. Do you miss opportunities to have spiritual conversations because your eyes are not open? Or do you miss those opportunities because you're moving too fast? Danny, who, who has time for that? Who has time to, to focus on those things? I, I love this quote from John Ortberg. He says, hurry and love are fundamentally incompatible. Hurry and love are incompatible. You can't love someone in a hurry. Love requires time. Well, Danny, I don't have time. If you don't have time, to have a conversation with a friend about something that they're going through, 
or time to actually pray for them, it's time to reevaluate the schedule. It's time to reevaluate where your time is being spent. We, we have to have our eyes open to have spiritual conversations. A friend of mine, Steve Pike, who is a, a church planter and, and a guru in that, that field, he says that we, we can make people positively aware of Jesus in our everyday life. How do we do that? Super complicated. Be nice. <laughs> like, just be nice. Know their name. Hey, Bill, how's it going today? How's your family doing? You make them positively aware of Jesus by the fact that they know you're in a relationship with Jesus. Not in some weird way, not in some crazy way. Of When those open doors come for you to say, hey, like, when I'm going through things like that, I, I always go back to just praying and connecting with God. And, and it, it always really helps me. So I'll be praying for you and your wife that, that things go well and that you're able to work it out. Like nobody's, nobody's going to be weirded out by that. And it opens up an opportunity that eventually in those conversations, they go, hey, I'm going through this. Will you pray for me? And it creates these, this, this pattern, this safe place for them to, to be there. Because this is, this is the truth, guys, as we're, as we're landing the plane today. People outside of our church don't know that they're invited to belong. People outside of our church, they feel like we're this private little country club that they don't belong, that there's, they're not going to be able to relate with anybody. It's going to be weird. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to rub up against their beliefs. It's going to make them feel some certain way. And they don't know that they have the opportunity to belong because they assume that they're not supposed to be here in the first place. It's our responsibility to make them positively aware of Jesus. And it's our responsibility that as we live on mission, we invite them to be on this journey with us. We're not going into it going, hey, I'm gonna make your life better. Come sit with me at church. No, it's just doing life with people, opening your life, carving out some time, being more aware and opening our eyes to see people and, and making them positively aware of Jesus have spiritual conversations. That's why we're doing things like Love Week and the fall kickoff, because we want to invite people to come and rub shoulders with us and realize, wait, I have a lot more in common with these people than I ever thought. Maybe I can belong before I believe. Maybe I can come and be a part of what's happening there. It isn't some private club that I'm not invited to, but that I actually can see God move in my life. God, it starts with a decision. Are you ready to live on mission? Are you going to settle for the loneliness? Are you going to settle for the depleted tanks? Are you going to settle for missing the opportunities of spiritual conversation that God puts in your life? Are you, are you ready to live on mission, to take your relationship with Jesus to a completely different level? The time for us to grow is now to grow in our ability to see Jesus move in and through our lives. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray right now in this moment for my friends as they're watching this. I am so overwhelmed with, 
with what you've been able to do over this past year, but I know that it's just been preparing the soil and, and preparing our hearts and preparing our lives for what you're about to do in this season. So Lord, I pray right now in this moment that you would open my friend's eyes, that they would see which, which area is holding them back from living on mission. Did they forget that their calling was to, to do this, to share you? Is their tanks, are there tanks, are there tanks depleted? Are they exhausted, running on fumes? Would you fill them? Are they living closed off lives? And are they missing the spiritual conversations that you are opening right in front of them? Lord, as we work on these four things, would you expand our circle of influence in a way that we can see people meet you for the first time? Jesus, we're so thankful for what you're going to do. So thankful that you called us all to this mission. We thank you that we get to be a part of it. Pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.